This is HPR episode 2844 entitled The Sony TC222 A Portable Reel-to-Reel Tape Recorder. It is hosted by John Culp and is about 31 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is I talk about my latest thrift store gadget, a 1969 Sony Portable Reel-to-Reel Tape Recorder. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and it's been a while since I recorded an episode, but um, it's summertime now, so I've got a little bit of time, and so I wanted to record an episode about uh, a new toy that I have. I don't have it in front of me right now. I will later. I'll I'll record this in two parts at least, maybe even more than that, but um, the the new toy I have is related to something that I recorded about earlier, a... um, there, there was an episode about my Pioneer RT-707 reel-to-reel tape deck, and um, th- this episode is going to be about a new reel-to-reel tape machine that I got at the thrift store not too long ago. It is a Sony TC-222A portable reel-to-reel tape recorder, and I've had it for at least a month now, maybe a little bit longer, but I haven't recorded about it yet because I was hoping I'd be able to record at least some audio on the machine itself but the record function is not working and I don't really know uh, what's up with that but I'll I'll talk more about the machine later. Um, I maybe am doing things a little bit out of order here but this is just kind of how I'm um, thinking today. Um, I watched an episode of, um, there's a guy on YouTube that I really like called Tech Moan and he goes and looks at legacy audio equipment, all kinds of outdated audio formats and video formats and stuff like that. And the episode I watched today was about fitting four hours of music onto a single cassette for one of those um, background music type machines that they used to play in stores. I mean, nowadays you could just start a playlist or use Pandora or something like that and just have all the music you want going on indefinitely. But back in the day, you'd have to have some kind of pre-recorded sound. And um, he's had a few episodes about different pre-recorded um, background music machines that, uh, I mean, some of them are really crazy. There's this one with a, a gigantic cassette. That, I mean, the cassette is probably like 8 by 10 inches or something. And it held something like 23 hours of music in one continuous tape loop. Um, and then he did one about a record changer that held about a dozen records and played both sides of the record at about 16 revolutions per minute, and so it got a lot of sound on it that way. The machine that he looked at today was a cassette tape machine that played the tape at a slightly slower speed. Um, 
maybe 75% of the normal speed, but also instead of doing uh, recording both directions on the cassette in uh, stereo, it recorded four, um, four separate selections of music or four separate music tracks, one on each of the four channels. So there are two channels going one direction and two going the other. And this thing re recorded audio, separate audio tracks on each of the four channels. And this player would only play one of those channels at a time instead of playing in stereo. So anyway, you, you get a lot more music on the tape. Well, this uh, I, I say all this to set up uh, what I'm about to do here. This got me to thinking of how I could put uh, a lot of music onto a fairly small tape reel. Because the portable reel-to-reel -reel tape reel, uh, player that I got, <coughs> it uses 5-inch tape reels, which don't hold as much tape as a 7-inch reel. And so, um, theoretically, you can't put as much music on them. However, it does have two speeds on the tape deck. There is a, what, three and a quarter, three, three and three quarters inches per second speed. And then I guess a one and, what would it be? One and something, eight, one and seven eighths inches per second. I think it's one and seven eighths inches per second. Anyway, it's much slower. And I guess the idea was these machines were used for dictation, probably, uh, re mostly recording spoken word, because the, the audio quality is not great. It's, I mean, this is not something that you would want to play really good music, uh, good musical recordings back on for the pleasure of listening to them. It was probably a dictation machine used in offices and so forth. And maybe um, it was used during... I don't know, something like the Vietnam War where soldiers over in Vietnam would record audio messages and send them back home to their family on these uh, smaller reels. Well, you can record at that really slow speed and get a lot more um, time that way. Um, however, the uh, large tape deck that I have only has one of those speeds. It has the three and a half inches Per, or three points, I forget what it is. I'm sorry, it's like three, three and three quarters inches per second. Uh, it has that speed, and then it's got a faster speed, seven and a half inches per second, or 19 centimeters per second, and 11 centimeters per second, I believe, are the indications given on the machine. And uh, the higher speed you record, the better quality, but the less time that you can get. Well, I, I had the idea to record some music at uh, four times its normal speed onto a reel-to-reel -reel tape recording on my um, RT-707 at the um, seven and a half inches per second speed and then playing that same tape on the portable reel-to-reel -reel tape deck at the one and seven-eighths inches per second speed, which is a, a fourth of the original speed. And that way I could get quite a lot of music onto a small reel of tape. So anyway, I, I think I did the math right, but um, I'm gonna walk through a couple of the steps to, to get there right now. So the music I'm going to use should warm Ken Fallon's heart. It is uh, public domain music, the Open Goldberg Variations and the Open Well-Tempered Clavier, recorded beautifully by Kamiko Ishizaka. And this is music I featured in an earlier episode, the one about the fugue. Uh, it was recorded with a uh, crowdfunding and 
immediately released in the public domain, so I can use this music however I want, including right now to demonstrate this. Um, so what I needed to do, first of all, was to get the music into a high-speed um, format, and uh, there's a couple of little barriers to overcome. So the, the Well-Tempered Clavier is 48 separate audio tracks, each of which is between, I don't know, one minute and five minutes. And what I need to do to make this easier is I, I want to speed all of those up, but I also want to put them all into one giant audio track. And so I'm, I can actually do this from the command line. I, I've done the uh, combination of audio tracks, you know, multiple tracks into one before using just the simple cat command, C-A-T, the, the thing that you use to combine text files and whatnot. It can also be used to combine audio files. You just type the command cat and then uh, a space and then whatever files you want to combine and then give it the uh, greater than sign to redirect all of the output into a new file and you give it the new file name. Um, however, first what I want to do is speed up all of these things and I'm going to do that by using the SOX command, S-O-X. It calls itself the Swiss Army Knife of audio editing. Um, and so the, the command in SOX is you type SOX space and then the input file and then the name of the output file and then if what you're doing is changing speed you type the word speed and then a space and then you tell it the factor by which you want to change the speed. So in this case I'm making it four times faster so my command would be SOX space input file space output file space speed space and then 4.0 um, now I've got 48 files to do this on so not surprisingly I wrote a little script that loops through them all and does them um, one at a time lickety split so this is a for loop so I say for i in asterisk dot mp3 semicolon do and then on a new line I give it uh, some sanity checks in file equals base name of dollar sign i uh, I'll put this in the show notes so that you can just look at it and then I, I strip off the mp3 to give the the stem of the file name and then the output file is the stem of the file name followed by an underscore and then 4x indicating that it's four times the original speed and then the last line of the uh, commands in the for loop is uh, socks space dollar sign in file space dollar sign out file space speed space 4.0 and then I give it a sleep for 0.1 seconds command just to kind of keep it from tripping over itself. <clears throat> All right, so I've already tried this on the open Goldberg variations and it worked perfectly. So now I'm going to do it on the open well-tempered clavier. I'm going to run the script. So period slash 4x autocomplete. And I've, I've um, CD'd into the directory where all the files are and... And I press enter and I'm going to let it go. It's fun listening to a command work, isn't it? Um, I should say that I, look, I, I already recorded the entire open, um, the open Art of Fugue by J.S. Bach, also recorded by Kamiko Ishizaka 
onto a five inch reel. And when I played it back on the tape deck, it, it started having funny sound issues about four or five minutes in. And I'm not really sure why, because when I played it back on my, um, my nice tape deck with my big stereo, it sounded beautiful. And so I'm not really sure what the issue is. We'll see if that happens again with this. There are a couple of ways that I could go about getting this uh, four times speed audio onto the uh, real tape. Uh, I was thinking I would just burn these two big tracks to an audio CD and then play the CD in my CD player. I could also, I guess I could play it straight from the laptop into the stereo as a source and then record from there. I, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be best. But uh, the stereo is already set up for the CD to record to the tape deck, so maybe that's the easiest thing to do. Okay, it's finished. Um, and there they all are. I just did a list command and see for every single one of the original files, there is now a 4x file. Let's listen to see what uh, this sounds like. So here's what the original Prelude number three in C sharp major sounds like. It's all, it's a pretty fast piece anyway. It, it might even, <laughs> it might sound to you like this is four times speed, even at its regular speed. Let's see. doesn't sound very good coming out of these little computer speakers. Okay, and then the fugue that goes with it sounds like this. Lovely, okay. Um, now let's find this and open up, let's open up the same pieces at four times speed. Here we go. I've selected them, right click, open with VLC. <laughs> so there's the prelude. <laughs> Actually, that might be the fugue. Here's the here's the prelude. <laughs> okay, that is really fast. <laughs> now here's the fugue again. <laughs> so if you're actually listening to this podcast at like 1.7 times speed the way I do, that's it's going to be practically inaudible. Uh, anyway, so I've got the files ready now, and what I'll do before I record the rest of this is I will burn them to a CD, and then I will uh, trans them, transfer them to a 5-inch audio tape reel. And when I come back, I will play the tape from that reel in the um, console, like in uh, my audio rack tape deck, and then I'll take that same tape and put it on my portable reel-to-reel -reel tape deck and play it at the very slow speed, which should bring it right back to its normal speed. Okay, we'll see if this works. I'm just like geeking out on uh, audio stuff that has no practical value at all, but it's kind of fun to do. 
course, that's the kind of thing that hackers are known for, right? All right, y'all. I will come back with more in just a bit. Okay, y'all, I'm back now. Um, I'm at my house in the so-called reading room in my house. I'm sorry, you might hear a little bit of air conditioner noise because the uh, air conditioner's on, but hopefully it won't be too bad. Um, so I've got now both of the reel-to-reel tape players in the same room. The uh, And I'll talk about the little one first. So I bought this I found this tape machine. This again is a Sony TC222A reel-to-reel tape recorder. TC stands for tape recorder. Um, it is about 14 inches square, about five inches thick, weighs about five or six pounds, I guess. It uses five inch reels. It's got an, a closure thing that uh, has a plastic window in it so you can see the reels spinning around. I will put some pictures in a Flickr album and I'll probably link to a YouTube video or two showing the thing in action. I bought it on May 24th for $5 at Hand Up Thrift Store in Lafayette. And when I got it, I really had no way to test it to see if it was working because it did not have a power cord and I did not have any batteries. It will run on four D-cell batteries, but I didn't have any at the time. Uh, but I remember the very next morning, I ran out to the hardware store and got some batteries. And um, I put them in the machine. And when I tried to turn it on, um, I got a little bit of response. The um, There was movement in the heads. Um, so when I turned it to the play position the take-up reel head started moving um, and so I put a tape on there. I had one five-inch tape, my brother's tape from when we were kids. Uh, it was full of jazz music and he had, uh, and I have that tape now, so I had one tape that would fit the thing. It did come with a take-up reel. So I had a five-inch tape and a take-up reel and I put the tape in there and it moved but there was no sound. So the the tape is rolling, no sound, volume didn't do anything. Um, Rewind worked, but fast forward did not work. Um, And so I did what any hacker would do when something doesn't work. I took the cover off and just took a look in there. And it looked okay. I I decided to just start... um, uh, first of all, I, I don't think I'd ever really looked inside of a reel-to-reel tape deck. It's pretty cool. There's all kinds of uh, linkages and moving parts. And, uh, you know, you move one thing and it, it triggers a whole chain reaction of parts moving around. And uh, there's spinning wheel, idler wheels, take-up wheels, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, it had both belts in place and they were in decent condition considering how old the thing was. Um, the tape counter it worked. Uh, that's something that did not work on my Pioneer when I first got it. Uh, the tape counter belt was broken on that one, but uh, the tape counter belt was in place on this one and working just fine. Uh, although I did order a new pair of belts and replace them just because. <clears throat> and it actually wasn't that hard to get at the access points for the belts to replace them either. Um, 
So what I did to try to get sound was I sprayed contact cleaner on all the contact uh, electrical contact points I could find. And uh, voila, next time I tried to push play, I heard sound. So playback started working. Um, the next order of business was to try to fashion a power cable. I could see from the place where you plug in the power cord that... Um, it looked very similar to the power cords, like the, the charging cords for an old electric razor. And so I dug around in my spare parts bin and found a spare power cord for an old electric razor that's long since died. And it didn't fit in the hole, but I got out my sander and a little uh, hacksaw and I sanded and sawed until I finally got the thing to fit. And when I plugged it in there, um, it powered the machine. So now I have a power cord for it. <laughs> It looks a little funny because it's not a usual power cord, but um, it works just fine. So that was good. Um, let's see. What else? I cleaned the contact points, replaced the belts. I made a power cord. Um, I discovered that the fast-forward was not working because the fast-forward idler wheel did not turn. It was frozen. So I managed to get that off, cleaned it out, lubed it, put it back in place where it spun freely, and then, of course, fast-forward worked perfectly from then on. Um, the record mechanism was having trouble. Like, you, you push the little red record lever to the left, and it's supposed to stay there when you you push that to the left and then push the um, uh, control knob to the play position at the same time, and it's supposed to lock in and start recording. Well, it wouldn't do that, and I, I took off the back cover and found that the record linkage was loose. The, the screw needed to be turned down about two or three turns, and once I did that, the record linkage uh, worked just fine. It still doesn't really record. I mean, it records something, because when I start recording, and then I start messing with the record level, it will actually record the sound of the static that the thing makes, but it won't record any sound from the auxiliary audio input or from the microphone so I don't really know what's up with that um, okay so what I'm going to do now <clears throat> is play a tape on it I'm not going to play one that's got my brother's jazz thing because I know Ken doesn't want me to play any copyrighted music so what I'm going to do is let you hear it rewinding to get that tape off of there you could probably hear that the little wheels are spinning nice and fast. The tape counter is going. Um, there's one part missing there. There's supposed to be a little cover over the tape head. Oops. Okay, this one doesn't have an auto shut off the way the um, big one does over there on my stereo rack. Um, there's supposed to be a little cover over the record and playback heads, but it's missing. So I have no idea where that thing is. It's not that big of a deal. All right, I'll put my... Put this tape away, my brother's jazz tape, that goes away, and uh, now I'm going to let you hear what uh, what I recorded earlier. So I, when I was at the office still, I was talking about creating a CD that had the entire Well-Temper Clavier and Goldberg variations at four times their regular speed, and I, I accomplished that. I made the CD, and I've recorded the CD to um, a five inch reel of tape at the speed of 19 centimeters per second. And that would translate to seven and a half inches per second. 
and the other speed that that tape deck over there on the uh, stereo rack is capable of is three and three quarter inches or 9.5 centimeters per second. Now the portable reel-to-reel -reel tape deck will also play at an ultra low speed of 4.8 centimeters per second or one and seven eighths inches per second. So again, my goal was to record the music at the highest speed on my Pioneer RT707 uh, at 19 centimeters per second tape speed and record the music onto it at four times its regular speed. And then when I play it back on the Sony TC222 at one and seven eighths inches per second, I think it's going to sound at the right speed. Now there might be a little bit of a discrepancy in the pitch as far as like what the exact original was, but I think it ought to be pretty much dead on. Okay, so right now I've queued it up to the fugue in C minor. That's says I think it's fugue number two from the Welltemper Clavier, and I'll let you hear what that sounds like at four times speed. Playing on the RT707 at 19 centimeters per second, exactly as I recorded it from the CD. Here we go. <laughs> now I can slow that down to half speed which would actually be two times the original speed and it's actually recognizable at that speed but clearly too fast okay so you get the idea that is at uh, 9.5 centimeters or um, what three and three quarters inches per second okay now I'm gonna rewind this tape and get it off of the tape deck and then I'm going to put it onto the Sony and play it back at the slowest speed and see if I was right about this okay that tape is rewound now I should say that this is old new stock tape that I bought this this tape is a gold crest double length tape so it's extra thin and uh, I think it's kind of cheap quality it, it was not it, it seemed like it was sticking and that could be a function of it just being really old but it could also be that it's cheap and so I'm not confident this is going to sound very good and it, it'll probably have some mess ups in it <laughs> you might hear in the background my daughter singing I think she just got home and she's I can hear her down there playing the piano and singing her favorite songs Sorry if that violates any copyright, uh, Ken, but uh, there's not a whole lot I can do about it. This house, the sound carries very well. Okay, I'm getting the take up reel threaded here. It's a little bit tricky on this one. Is it moving? This tape is a little bit sticky. Uh-oh, it, um, it came undone. Okay, let me try again. I've gotten a little bit better at this than I was when I did the, the previous episode, but still this one, when the tape is a little bit sticky, it's hard to get it done just right. Let's hold that firmly in place.
Dang. Come on, you. Okay, I think I got it now. All right, so I'm gonna switch the tape speed over to one and seven eighths per second and press play. Let's see how it goes here. It's kind of a low hum. I think that's from when I was trying to record on this tape earlier. Let's see when we get some music here. Are we gonna get any? Oops. <laughs> there were some failed attempts to get uh, voice recording on here. You know what? I'm gonna fast forward a little bit to get past this stuff. I was trying to use a microphone. I actually ordered a suitable microphone, you know, the microphone that came with the thing on eBay for like $15. And um, it's got a little, it's got a two prong plug. One prong is for the remote control and the other is for the audio, I guess. And the remote works. You, when you push it to the record setting and the microphone is plugged in, it won't actually start recording until you, little, you flip the little switch and then the wheels start rolling. It's actually kind of cool. So the remote control part worked, but the audio did not work. So let's, let's try this now. Okay. The, the speed is definitely right. It sounds awful, but I'm going to fast forward a little bit more. Try to find a better spot here. Okay, this is the one we were just listening to. Okay, well, uh, this is a mixed success. The uh, the tape speed is roughly correct. Um, it, it's definitely not dead on accurate, but it's roughly correct. So, uh, recording music that is being played at four times its regular speed on a tape at 19 centimeters per second, and then putting that tape on the other machine and playing it back at 4.8 centimeters per second will basically make it go at the right speed. Um, I, I would like to try this later with a better quality tape. I think this tape is a piece of junk, and so what I might do is just unspool the entire thing um, so I can have the empty five inch reel and then put better tape on it. I've got, a, I've got quite a lot of tapes here where I could just spool some of it off uh, from a seven inch tape and put it onto this one, and then try it again with a good tape and see if that makes any difference. Um, anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing about me geeking out on these uh, old analog tape formats. Uh, it's been quite a lot of fun. I, I really, really love this new tape deck. I wish it would record. I, I'm going to keep working on that. Uh, maybe there's some circuitry that's not going right or something. I don't know, but 
Um, I'm really happy to have found a portable reel-to-reel -reel tape deck and, uh, and gotten it into mostly working condition. It's super fun. Um, I'm not sure it's all that useful, but it's really fun to do. So anyway, that's probably enough for now. I will uh, talk to you guys some other time, maybe about my other recent acquisitions, like an 8-track tape player and a mini disc um, component for my stereo would work. All right. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.